0: Welcome to the Michael Myers Minute. We delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween, one terrifying minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Minute 18, we were outside the elementary school. Richie, Lonnie, and Keith are bullying poor Tommy Doyle, taunting him about the boogeyman. And we have a guest, Niall McGowan is back with us from the Bat Minute Returns podcast. Welcome back, Niall.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah.
0: uh, now, before we get into minute 18, I have some questions for you I didn't get to in the last minute, Niall. Well, okay. You know, for the record. So, number one, have you ever murdered anyone or do you plan to? Okay. I always ask this of all my guests. I just like the sound of it.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I get you what you did there. <laughs> uh, well, I'm afraid I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, okay. So... <laughs> Uh, next, next question. Next question.
0: Uh, number two: Have you ever bullied anyone or been bullied?
1: Uh, oh, oh, I've been bullied. Believe you me, back in back when I was around Tommy's age here, probably. But uh, as far as I can recall, no, I never was the bullier, but I've been the bullied <laughs> quite quite a bit. So I was
0: in between the two. I went to a really small school, and one of my good friends was bullying another one of my good friends. It was very—I didn't—was weird for me.
1: Yeah, I, I've a. Uh, a niece now who is like eight years old and I keep like when I go around to visit, she's always out playing with her friends, and you come back and always try to get like a bit of the, what what the gossip is yeah. from her. And there the always seems to be like even at that age, there is a lot of stuff of like these people don't like these people. And she tells me like some of her friends are picking on other friends and stuff. And It's like oh it's, it's, like and she's she because it's her life. This is genuinely a big deal for her. And oh, yeah. I just have this kind of attitude like oh, that's uh, that's that's a bit weird. <laughs> just sort of go about my day. But yeah, when you're when you're a kid, that is like the biggest thing in the world to you.
0: It's like one time two of my friends, these two friends fighting like very physically hitting each other and i couldn't stop both of them because i was smaller and so it's like which side do i want to take i don't know because <laughs> i don't know what started it but uh number three have you ever seen the boogeyman
1: um not uh, in person no <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen i've seen movies featuring him many times but
0: uh... sub question did you believe in the boogeyman when you were a kid
1: I have to say, um, there was very specific things that did scare me when I was a kid. But the main one was aliens. I was really—I remember being very not aliens in the movie, <laughs> but like just the concept of aliens in general. Okay, and I think I was around that. Time. I think one of the films that really scarred me as a kid was Fire in the Sky. Was, oh, you know, nice sort of the the tr- the true life uh story
0: Wait, you saw fire in the sky as a kid
1: oh yeah yeah and because uh, I thing at the time <laughs> people were just like oh this is this true story of this thing that happened and the vhs was just going around yeah and uh, the thing is because i actually because uh, it's been added to netflix recently i recently posted about it on facebook and you'd be surprised the amount of people the same age as me going like yeah i saw that one as a kid too it <laughs> absolutely scarred me for life so like aliens is my big thing ghosts Just general ghosts probably a bit further down. But something like in the Boogeyman as presented in Halloween. Like the Halloween movies, as much as I love them, I've never found them scary. Okay, I've always just enjoyed watching them. I've never been like oh Michael Myers. It's it's more just like yeah, just I enjoy the, the the just the making of the movies and how well it's done, and I can see that like oh that's creepy and it's well done. But I've never been like kept awake at night worrying about like well, if I look out the window and Michael Myers is just standing there. <laughs> where something as vague as like just a general ghost story, yeah. where it's just like anything could be just around the corner that kind of thing, which is kind of like Michael Myers. So I'm, I'm kind of like. If you want to consider Michael Myers a ghost, he is comparable. I would say yes, uh, but if you want to consider him, but if you just want to consider him like,, oh, just some, some, a killer, then no.
0: <laughs> Listeners would know if they were with us since minutes one and two that my sisters and I grew up very much thinking Michael Myers was around. And really? there was a tree in particular that we were, that looked like a person was standing behind it at night. <laughs> <laughs> which, and we didn't like
1: that tree. We People were to get, getting really freaked out. Then we were just like announcements of like, "This is movie Wayne's World's coming out, starring Michael Myers." Like, what? Oh my god, he's real!
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> we I grew up in Pasadena and visited South Pasadena a lot, so we were near the location in the movie, oh. in the Myers house, <laughs> which looked as run down as it does in the movie. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was creepy.
1: Yeah. I suppose like it would have taken a couple of I don't know, maybe even like decades for it to be like a tourist attraction. Because you imagine now they'll be like, this is the Myers house. But maybe back then they're like, ah, who cares? You know, whatever.
0: Local teenagers would go to it a lot in the 80s. Like all of my sisters went inside it at one
1: point or another.
0: Oh. I was the youngest. I was a little too young mm. to go inside before it got fixed up in
1: 87. Oh. that we- moved. Oh, again, I would have assumed that, you know, particularly nowadays, that would have been hot property. People, Someone would have bought that up, and then that would be like, come and see the Myers house and, and whatnot. Yeah,
0: now I think it would be. I don't know why, I guess, in 78, that just wasn't a thing. People didn't
1: do it. Be like that uh, poor woman who owns the Palmer house in Twin Peaks. Apparently, she's just absolutely pestered with people <laughs> coming up to the door and knocking. Just been like, is this Laura Palmer's house? Like, Yes. I bought it years ago. Leave me the hell alone. Because <laughs> I guess for like a good 20 years, no one kind of cared about Twin Peaks for a while. And then it sort of revived. Yeah. So now she's like, oh my God, it's people camping out their goddamn lawn and everything. This is a nightmare.
0: <laughs> I talked about this a few minutes ago, but the Strode house where Laurie lives, the owners in that house are actually really nice and leave pumpkins out on the porch for people to borrow for photos. Oh, cool. And so they... They've, they've kind of embraced yeah, it. I'm
1: surprised they've not tried the old Whelan dealing thing of, like, take a pumpkin for $10 or something like that. That they're doing it for free, that's that's really nice.
0: No, they're not selling it. They just keep pumpkins out there for you to use. You, like, take a picture on the pillar sitting like she does and then put it back. I want to go see if they have some... Supposedly, they do it year-round. I think if I have time this week, I'm going to go see because I have time to go look at some locations and get some pictures.
1: Mm-hmm yeah no, that's, that's excessively nice of them
0: but as for the minute um lonnie richie and keith are bullying tommy because tommy thinks halloween is just about getting candy
1: yeah i do like tommy's facial expression because they're kind of giving him like oh, so you know you know what happens at halloween yeah and he has this, it's a really defiant it's like yeah we eat candy like it's like he's cornered but this is a little like yeah i'm punching up i'm like trying to knock, knock these guys down a peg or two and of course it doesn't work for him but no, like i do no. like the defiant look of his face of like you know. I uh, you, you, you've not rattled me yet, anyway. And maybe he
0: feels safe with that pumpkin in between him and them. Like he's got a shield. Yeah. <laughs> he's
1: just like, yeah, candy. <laughs> not to be uh, a Lonnie apologist, but to be fair. All these boogeyman warnings turn out to be completely validated in the film. Turn out to be correct, yes. (laughs) So it's like, well, maybe if you would listen to them more, Tommy. Although, to be fair to Tommy, he (laughs) does seem to take this really to heart as well. So I guess there's nothing more he could have done. Yeah, He was freaking complaining about the boogeyman the rest of the whole movie.
0: Yeah, he believes them. So Tommy turns from them and runs away. And second 11, uh, we have an IMDb goof. Uh, If you pause it. As I do, you know, as you do when you're looking at it one minute at a time, the pumpkin has been pre-sliced, so it will crack open.
1: As with the, the previous minute I was on talking about not knowing that Doctor Wynn was actually in Halloween Six, uh, I was very much aware that uh, Tommy here is in fact Mini Paul Rudd, yep. and uh, sort of the amazement that like, he because Paul Rudd hasn't aged in about forty years, so to see him this young is quite striking to me, because <laughs> he looks completely different to what he will.
0: Yeah, he looks like a completely different person. Look
1: like in the mid nineties and then remain looking like for the rest of time.
0: Yeah, Tommy Doyle is also the main character of the Chaos Comics Halloween comic.
1: I do know there's a a comic where Lonnie kinda finally gets what's coming to him, but I'm, maybe you'd want to leave that closer to That's in Chaos Comics. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's
0: in that one. We see Lonnie, Richie, and Keith as adults. They all end up dead. <laughs> they're still
1: hanging about doing the same exact things, so I'm supposed kinda. to Kinda.
0: <laughs> they're they're still bullying Tommy <laughs> as adults. They're not nice. Yeah.
1: I guess you know, when you're when you're good at something.
0: And then Lonnie ends up getting shot because Sheriff Brackett, no longer a sheriff, mistakes Lonnie for Michael Myers when he goes in the Myers house. Oh man, oh
1: him. he gets he gets Ben Tramored. Oh, oh it's just, Yeah. That's that's just like the, the But then the rough, Richie rough, and
0: Keith get like, killed by Michael.
1: <laughs> that must be just like the you know, the leading causes of death in Haddonfield for a few years. It's like you're either killed by Michael Myers himself or, or you're Ben Tramered. You it's like people <laughs>
0: They have a name for it. It's Ben Uh, Tramer. Yeah,
1: because they don't tell you in the movies. Like, it's every October. There's people that's just like, it's Michael Myers. So there's driving cars and the woman stuff. But uh, I was happy to see here we do get a little, um, like a little preview of uh, Lonnie getting his ass away from somewhere. Yeah.
0: I just got to interrupt quickly from the future to point out a lot of people make this mistake. The kid that runs into Michael is not Lonnie. It's Richie. I'm not sure I correct Niall
1: here. It uh, obviously gets echoed later on when uh, Dr. Loomis cracks out his best Harvey Firestein <laughs> impersonation. Well, it's Slonny, get your ass away from there! <laughs> <laughs> the
0: c- now, as they're running away... We actually get another IMDb goof. It says two of the boys run across the grass, and the last one runs straight ahead and down the steps. But first, before the cut, you see all three going to the left. But that's not actually true when you slow it down. Mm. Richie steps to the left, but doesn't go anywhere. So it doesn't actually not line up. Yeah, yeah. Listeners will know I have an ongoing battle with the IMDb goofs page (laughs) for every movie. And in the novel, it is Tommy who bumps into
1: Michael, not Richie. Mm. I mean, that's an interesting... Difference because, like, I think if Tommy did bump into him, he would be even more terrified yeah. the whole day by the fact that you have literally just seen something like this creepy guy standing on a mask who just grabbed you. That would, you know, I like it more than it's Lonnie because it's just Richie. a bit more baiting the hook a little of like he's not quite made contact yet, but it is looming in the background. And ironically, the person sort of utilizing the boogeyman to strike terror himself <laughs> actually bumps into the boogeyman. And uh, I do I do love Lonnie's uh, reaction as well because there's no... It's 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 very realistic in terms of just like is a small kid seeing something that's really freaky and he does just look at him completely perplexed for a second and is just like oh, I'm out of here <laughs> like is no there's no like overdramatic scream of terror or like a slow walk away or something like that it is just like a completely confused baffled look yeah just leaves of something looking at something really really strange and then just going oh, I'm out of here <laughs> and r- running as fast as you can
0: now a couple notes if you pause it in the right moments you can see that Nick Castle is wearing the mask even though the camera keeps below it. You can see the bottom edge of it a couple of times.
1: Yeah. I have seen photos of um, the trip. You can Because I thought, oh, this would have been done with, like, you know, trick photography here of, just like, oh, you know, it looks like he's fallen over, and then all of a sudden he's down on top of the pumpkin. But uh, there, there, I have seen a still of him literally mid-fall yeah. going down. So I guess they did film that, and then they edited around it. So. Well, that's
0: why they cut the pumpkin ahead of time, is it cushions it a bit, I guess.
1: yeah. I could, plus, a plus two, if like you're if you're going for your your strict Irish jack o' lantern tradition, this would have been a turnip, and that would have been a hell of a lot more painful. <laughs> I don't know if it would have split open as as well, but, uh, but it would
0: have been smaller though. Also,
1: yeah. I well, you probably because you had so much of jack o' lantern stuff in the opening credits. I suppose you've done like all the the, the mythology and, and whatnot behind it, and the tale of jack o' lantern.
0: Not on the jack o' lantern, no, because I as I've said in a previous minute, I didn't grow up with halloween the holiday though i grew up with the movies (laughs) like when i was a kid we didn't celebrate this holiday i was in a church that thought it was pagan and bad and so we never made jack-o-lanterns i never made a jack-o-lantern until i was in my what 20s and married and had kids
1: oh so we didn't make jack-o-lanterns but not for any religious reason it was just that it's such an american thing okay that like you didn't really get pumpkins Sold in my hometown, and the kind of the old tradition of the t- of the turnip. Okay,
0: do you, do they even have pumpkins in? They
1: do now. They're, I think it's because it's become so widespread in the media. Nowadays, you can get.
0: I mean, do they grow them there?
1: Oh no, I don't think so. I mean, they must do around October, but like normally, you wouldn't get a pumpkin to save your life but I do uh, if people are curious about the, the tale of Jack-o'-lantern it actually is it's quite a creepy story yeah because you know the whole thing of as a stingy jack and he was sort of pissed off the devil and you know obviously couldn't get into devils or couldn't get into heaven so when he died Satan rejected him from hell and gave him like a, a flaming ember to wander the void between life and death for all eternity and then eventually he finds a nice. pumpkin with a carved face on it, or a turnip as it was back in back in the day, and walks around with it. But um, the story is actually, we we have a recurring guest on on the show who's a YouTube vlogger, Dale Kingsmill, like an Australian woman. And the, her whole thing is that she tells tales from mythology in a very sort of affable style. And she does a great video nice. on jack-o'-lanterns so and the whole mythology behind them. And that and tells that story in much more uh, detailed creepiness uh, than I just did. So I would recommend people check that out if you want to know the story.
0: And in, in the script, when Richie bumps into Michael, Michael's butcher knife falls to the ground (laughs) he picks it up and puts it in his pocket Mm. like that's that's a weird detail
1: that much for early on in the movie too (laughs) then i
0: think the kid would have ran away more one thing i like after as tommy's walking away it's like seconds 20 to 23 he's kind of lamenting his crushed pumpkin and then he starts to walk away and he does this like aw shucks move with his arm and he turns away looking really sad (laughs)
1: like
0: charlie brown or something (laughs) Like, losing that pumpkin was the worst part of his day. Uh, Little does he know what's coming later.
1: I do know, um, there's some, I've seen some fan chatter throughout the years as to why, like, you know, uh, Michael could have easily got Tommy at any yeah. given time here. Like Why why does he wait until later on? And it seems to make, he's so predominantly focused on getting Laurie rather than anybody else. But, you know, he obviously does get other people along yeah. the way. But when he's in the house, he could be trying to get Lindsay or Tommy and he doesn't really bother. He doesn't. Uh, Mm. Some people I've I've seen have argued that he might have had some sort of empathy with him from observing this, that perhaps Michael himself was bullied, and he sort of recognizes. I don't like that interpretation, because I just prefer... To think of Michael Myers as, like, there is nothing in there. It's a complete void of a person. He is just an entity that inhabits this body, and he has no recognizable thing.
0: I think the best thing maybe for him and how he sees Tommy is maybe he sees himself. Mm. And so it's not empathy exactly, but he doesn't... He's not going to kill him first because he reminds him of him. And so he's going to kill the girl who's like his sister. He's going to kill her friends because they're also
1: like his sister. Yeah.
0: Depends... There's no motivation in this movie. It's all interpretation.
1: You could argue that the motivation for the way he grabs Lonnie is a sort of out of anger of like, you were picking on that kid. But I I don't like that either. I'd rather he just, you know, I I would have accepted it that Lonnie was going to trip and it's him going (laughs) like, hey, watch it, kid. You know, (laughs) But, but I don't think that what it is either. I think it is just like he's... Lonnie almost bumped into him and he just kind of grabs him out of instinct and, uh, you know, sort of has to yeah. stop himself from doing anything else, really. Yeah. I do like that's a nice jump scare, though, when the fact that he grabs him. It's just the like stinger. A, yeah. It's the first time they use that. I don't even know what instrument that is, but that real.
0: Yeah, they have a couple different stingers, and I think this is the first time we hear that one. Yeah. There's a few
1: stingers. Yeah, that pops up a few times. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's one of the most over exaggerated ones because it's like the the. It's is <laughs> relatively subtle, but that, that thing's just like, it's like getting a drill on the side of your head. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere so quickly and it's gone again. It's like, oh, 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 oh everything's okay again. <laughs> that, that's fine.
0: <laughs> now, for anyone paying attention to the locations, Tommy is walking toward McLean Street, which is the same street we just saw last, or two minutes ago, and last minute, out the window from the high school. I think he's actually walking around to where Michael was parked before. Because the elementary school is both the elementary and the high school. In fact, around the middle of this minute, there is a station wagon parked where Michael's station wagon was. It's a different station wagon, but there is a station wagon there. Mm. Which is kind of odd. That's
1: a real Achilles heel of mine because I'm not a car guy at all, so. I've been on a few things where people start talking about like cars and like, oh, well, this would have been this and that in and like the 70s. It's like, I have no idea <laughs> what kind of cars you drive even today. I don't know what's popular because I just don't have no vested interest in that. So. Yeah.
0: Several minutes ago, I was looking up the actual vehicle stats for this station wagon because the nurse drives it very strangely. You never see her shift gears mm. and she hits the left pedal with her left foot. <laughs> and so... I actually learned that there were cars much earlier, not this one, where you had a forward pedal and a backward pedal mm. and no brake. And I'm like, maybe that's what she's got in the station wagon. It's weird, but it's possible. Oh. <laughs> but I don't, otherwise, I, yeah, I don't know cars. <laughs>
1: I will say though I know a, I know a little bit about the uh, fashion uh, from wearing clothes and uh, I will say like the <laughs> particularly Lonnie's jacket this is like the, that's the most quintessentially 1970s suburban jacket you could possibly imagine it's just like that is just like if you need to convey yeah. it, it's it's the 70s and it's in middle America slap that windbreaker thing that he's got on a kid <laughs> there you go like that yep, that's it that a nice pair of corduroys Done. The whole thing, you're, you're, you're finished.
0: You want to make your movie look like it's in the 70s, copy the outfits from this. Don't go all outlandish and big yeah. bell-bottoms <laughs> and weird stuff. Do this.
1: I do know, apparently as well, uh, that Tommy's clothes are Brian Andrews' actual clothes, that he just had this jacket in there. Probably. Uh, yeah. uh, uh,
0: most of Most of them either used their own clothes or bought their own clothes for the movie. Yeah. There's, there's a... Like, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's entire wardrobe was from JCPenney for hundred
1: bucks. Oh, oh. I do know that uh, apparently there was a story I came across of him where he said that when that you know the movie came out because this was his jacket he was just wearing this every other day and when the movie was playing, like, um, he was saying to his mother, like, oh, Halloween's playing in the Cineplex. That we should go down just to see." And, like, apparently he ran out of the car and people were coming out of the cinema. And apparently, like, two teenage girls were like, that's the kid. Because they just, they recognized <laughs> the hair and the jacket. Of me, and they're like, you're that little kid. Which would be freaky. Like, if you came out of the movie yeah. and there was already a character from the movie who was just standing in reality. Walk out of the movie and the movie's outside. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to make of that. <laughs> just be like, wait a minute. What? Am I still watching the movie? What's going on? <laughs>
0: Michael gets in the car. We see the close-up of the the emblem that they put on their rental car for the movie, which is the uh, actual seal of the state of Illinois in black and white, which I'm not from Illinois, but I looked this up. It's an eagle (laughs) with a banner in its beak that says, State Sovereignty National Union, and it stands on a rock with two years carved in it. 1818 for when Illinois became a state, and 1869 for when this seal was designed. Mm. And then the car also says, For official use only. Mm. And then second 52, we're in the car with Michael, as I talked about with, with Andy Nelson a couple minutes ago. We only get Michael's actual point of view in the opening sequence. The rest of the time, we're kind of near him. Yeah. And this is one of those. We're in the back seat mm. instead of... Up in That's uh, a...
1: What what, what 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 was your thinking of how he knows how to drive?
0: In the context of just this movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like You could just say, like, oh, maybe he's just... He's just kind of blagging it, basically. He's just sort of... Well,
0: in the context of, like, Dr. Wynn being in Halloween 6, as I said a few minutes ago... Oh, oh, I mean... Like, Dr. <sighs> Wynn taught him. <it>. Dr. <laughs> Wynn is the guy who told him to escape that night and helped him out. Yeah. But in context of this movie, it's almost more like... I don't assume anyone gave him lessons. I assume that because he's this supernatural entity of fate... Mm. He just knows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that's. that's if he a,
0: gets in a car and he yeah. can use a car.
1: Yeah. That, that was my, my own thinking as well. It's just that it's whatever, whatever dwells within Michael Myers already knows everything it needs to know. Like it's not the, yeah.
0: like you see pictures of Michael and they usually put him with the butcher knife, but, in, over the course of the movies, he kills people with whatever's handy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think it was.
0: And it's similar to the car. It's like whatever's nearby, he can use that. <laughs> I think it was same with the car. Again,
1: you could argue it's because it's you know his supernatural you know nature, but because uh, I think the most memorable ones, in, for me at least, is in Halloween two when he like sticks that guy's head in like the boiling hot jacuzzi. Oh, the girl, yeah. And it's like Michael's hand is getting clearly scalded as well, but it's just like no, doesn't care. It's, it just. It's going to keep on going. doesn't matter to him. That's uh...
0: One of my favorites is in Halloween 4 when Michael has a shotgun and he doesn't pull the trigger. He just stabs it through someone <laughs> because, you know, blunt force, I guess, is his thing. But
1: yeah, yeah,
0: he could have shot someone. He doesn't.
1: <laughs> you want him to do that, like, nifty uh, Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2 reloading the, the shotgun with one hand trick? I was like, oh my god, is there anything he can't do?
0: Or what movie is it where the person, the shotgun is in someone, and they shoot someone behind them. Like, while the gun is stuck oh, yeah. in someone's body, they shoot another person. I don't remember what movie that is, though.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of that. It's like, it's, um, oh, it's like a zombie movie, isn't it? So it's I, I think, think he's so, kind of, yeah. He's kind of walking around. Yeah, it's like a pump-action shotgun. He keeps kind of, like, just... Hoisting his arm back to reload it because it's stuck in the. That might
0: be in like Shaun of the Dead. It seems like something they'd play for comedy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you need like uh, Scott Corelli here. He could answer you to that in a second. But um...
0: <laughs> IMDb goof one Michael. <laughs> you, Tommy, you, you really uh, blah, blah, taking it blah. to these IMDb goof people? <laughs> I when I was doing Groundhog Day project and watching Groundhog Day, I submitted edits for every single goof in that movie. <laughs> They are still exactly how they were before that. <laughs> Does the, uh, Those edits have never been reviewed or changed.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've started to become. And that they,
0: was uh, four years ago, <laughs> five years ago.
1: Because there's so many things. Like, after a while doing Batman, it, you'd go to IMDb. Obviously, you know, go to that trivia section, it's like a gold mine. And most of it seems yeah. to be like, yeah, this is all oh, stuff yeah. I've heard verified elsewhere. But they had come out with cast lists. I'm like, did you know these people were considered to play, like, the Joker? And it'll be a list as long as your arm, and nowhere else in all my research that I come across, like, yeah. they're saying Telly Savalas was going to, like, friggin' Ernest Borgnine was considered for the Joker. I was like, <laughs> you're just making up names. You're just like, yeah, did yeah. you know? I could turn around and be like, you know, Donald Pleasence was going to play Alfred. And they, they would be like, yeah, I guess he could have. The person
0: who wrote that bit of trivia thought that Ernest Borgnine would be good. <laughs>
1: But the the thing is, though, if you if you research the the movie, though, they're very stringently like it was always they always wanted Jack Nicholson. Yeah. the only person, other person, that was really in strict contention was briefly Willem Dafoe Ooh. and then Robin Williams because they used him as leverage to get they actually offered him the part and then to get Nicholson, and Nicholson Then he was like oh because he was like I don't know maybe and then they're like well we've offered it to Robin Williams and he's like oh crap I'll do it and then they kind of screwed over Robin Williams which is why <laughs> apparently he refused to play the Riddler in Batman Forever because of that and he refused to oh. work for Warner Brothers until they apologized to him and stuff wow. because they did really screw him over so uh, but yeah uh, as far as I know they did not do that with Ernest Borgnine <laughs> no, the,
0: the two goof. In this scene, are correct though. Uh, The first one is that once the camera is in the car, the parked cars across the street do disappear. The other one, the window that Michael broke last night in this car, is intact. (laughs) Like the front passenger side window is there.
1: Mm. But to be fair, though, the entity that dwells within Michael Myers knows how to fix windows as well. (laughs) He's like, I better fix this because people are gonna.
0: You know, he got his outfit from a mechanic. Maybe there was a spare car window in that truck, and so Michael just fixed it. He's like, I can use this.
1: <laughs> it could be like a really long delete the scene <laughs> of the mechanic going like, hey, buddy, you want me to fix your window for you? <laughs> and then him and Michael having like a bit of like... Yeah.
0: So Michael just stands there, lets him fix it, and then kills him.
1: <laughs> it's it's kind of like Michael Myers and again, like Twin Peaks within season three when you have, you know, Agent Cooper's sort of minds has gone and yeah. every, like he's just standing there repeating exactly what people say to him, but everyone doesn't <laughs> seem to notice that there's something really wrong no. with him. So this guy could have been like... Oh, so you're a quiet type, aren't you? <laughs> just like working away. Yeah, they just go along with it. That's not weird at all. It takes him out to lunch and everything. <laughs> it's actually like, well, this, you know, Michael Myers spent like seven hours with this mechanic. They became best of, the best of friends. <laughs> yeah,
0: then he drove But at least the
1: mechanic thoughts And then a cruel twist of fate. They went out to the bars. At the end, he's like, oh no, he got some killed by him. And then he left him dead by the I will say, planes. though, uh, the glass in this movie leaves a lot to be desired because... I can understand Michael Myers has been able to break that glass with his hand because he's, you know, like a freaking supernatural entity, essentially. But uh, the breakaway glass for Laurie near the end when she's trying to... Yeah, in the French stuff. That's that's really just like, I don't know, because you can at least have her do it with her elbow or something to make it look like, but it's just the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis kind of like, you know, sort of, T- lightly taps this glass And it just falls away It's like oh,
0: Also because Both scenes are filmed at night You can see When the glass Becomes breakable Yeah Like when yeah. they've replaced it With yeah, the candy yeah. glass Because it has a different Sort of Translucence to it mm. And so the, the angle changes And the glass looks different Oh that's
1: gonna break It's like some, some of those things In animation sometimes You can tell when something's Gonna move because they have got a painted in background And then all of a sudden Because it
0: separates From the background Yeah it
1: will be yeah. clear things like oh that's clearly About to take off somewhere <laughs> Because now it's Slightly different color And stuff
0: and the minute ends with Michael and us watching Tommy from the car. Any other notes from minute 18?
1: Ah, uh, no, that's me. I'm uh, that's me. Minuted, minuteed out, if you if you will.
0: So Niall, remind the listeners how can they stalk you.
1: Uh, you can stalk me by uh, stealing a car and uh, then <laughs> driving on somewhere where you can find a computer and then you can do it online because it's so much <laughs> handier these days. I wonder in the reboot, are they going to have Michael Myers do any cyber stalking? Because he's like, oh, I could do this from the house. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you can find me uh, via... Uh, bat minutes where we do this but with the uh, currently doing it with the tim burton batman movies we'll be moving on to joel schumacher's opuses thereafter uh, and yeah you can find us on twitter and <laughs> facebook and believe we're on instagram uh, i think there's a tumblr as well but i've never i've never been on it myself because uh, i know it's uh, my co-host john he does a lot of the sort of i don't want to say techie <laughs> techie stuff uh, social media is not really techie but like he he handles a lot more than that than i do so um uh but yeah you can get in contact with us to any, um, through any of those, and of course, download the show yourself, where we've uh, we prattle on quite a bit about Batman and various other topics. You know, every, three days a week, so uh, just find find that in iTunes or, or any of your major podcatchers.
0: And you can stalk us at the Michael Myers Minute on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute, or join the Facebook listeners group Forty Five Lampkin Lane. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us nice, you know, five star review if you like what you hear.